Hey, D&D, D&D fam. fam, I'm Quick, and I'm Lee, and you're listening to Divas, Divas and Duckets. So what is a diva? I think divas get a bad rep, but to me, diva is all about the attitude. As for ducats, it's your finances, your assets, Skrilla, Guap, your coin. We're talking all things with the potential to affect your pockets. And while we're attorneys by trade, we are divas by choice. Divas and Duckets is for entertainment purposes. Y'all, we are not Series 511 or <laughs> 703 professionals. This does not create a financial advisor nope, nope. or attorney-client relationship. The views expressed here are solely our opinions and the opinions of our guests. It's just our opinion, y'all. Okay, Divas, let's talk Duckets. Hey, D&D fam. Welcome back. Good to see y'all. For those who are watching. Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome. And for those who are listening, thank you for tuning in. Yes. If you are watching, make sure you hit subscribe below um, and make sure you subscribe on divasandduckets.com mm-hmm. so you can get updates on when new episodes come out. Um, and so what is on our Diva Docket today? Something that we have been struggling with. I am very excited. We're going to be talking about leveraging credit cards and bonus points for one of our favorite things, which is travel. Right? Yes. yes. The inner wanderlust in me is like. <laughs> yes. Because you see it often people talk about like, oh, I use my points and they flew for free and mm-hmm. all of the things and various cards offer various point strategies, things like that, money back, I guess. Um, So we're just going to discuss how to navigate that. But first, um, a word from our sponsor. So our this episode is sponsored by Hunter's Affordable Bail Bonding. So y'all, if you, you know, unfortunately get accused of some things or there's some trouble that you or know someone. Yeah, you can know someone too. We, we're not going to accuse our divas of divas <laughs> of doing things. But if you have, you know, some a criminal issue and right. you need a little help, um, they have been servicing Charlotte and surrounding areas since 1997. Um, they're in several counties in North Carolina. Um, they're licensed in every county, um, though they're based in Charlotte. Um, and so no bond, no bail is too big. They can get you out if you or your cousin, Pookie, whoever has an issue. Um, you or can, Nate. Not Nate. We're not doing this. Did you watch <laughs> Set It Off yet? Okay. No. So they can be reached. (laughs) Their number is 704-377-3733. That is 704-377-3733. Ask for Desiree. And they are located downtown at 428th East 4th Street, Suite 400 in Charlotte. Yes, and we will have that information in the show notes and also on our website. If you're tuning in to listen directly from the website, um, we will have that information linked in there. And of course, on YouTube, you can look below and that information is highlighted below. You can just click directly and go to their business. So you won't have to try to remember all that, especially if you're driving. Correct. So let's let's bring in our expert, Ms. Samnitra Holbrook. Welcome to Divas and Duckets. Hi, Lee and Quick. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, we are very, very excited to be speaking with you about leveraging credit cards and discussing bonus points. So tell our Diva fam a little bit about yourself and um, what you do. 
Well, like you said, my name is Sinitra Horbrook, and I'm currently the credit cards editor at thepointsguide.com. And it's a website that teaches you about maximizing your travels, especially using miles and points and other kinds of helpful travel tricks. Uh, me, personally, I've been uh, into this kind of travel hacking miles and points space for about 10 years now when I got my first uh, credit card rewards credit card. And I used the miles that I got from that card to take a round trip flight to um, London and Madrid. And that was my first time going to Europe. Um, and after that, I was kind of hooked and right. I said, I figure out how I can keep doing this, how I can uh, travel and only have to basically pay like the taxes on the flight and then my uh, airfare is covered. And then I started getting hotel cards and my hotel costs were covered. So I was just able to travel very inexpensively doing that. Mm -hmm. And just for reference, a flight to London can easily be at least $600 mm -hmm. more depending on where you're flying mm -hmm. from, like the hub. So yeah that's a steal <laughs> for real and so yeah. I think it's really um, interesting we'll talk about it a little later that you know you were able to make a career out of this but prior to doing that because you said you've kind of gotten into this for about 10 years were you in like the travel agency travel business or was that part of your career as well no I wasn't involved in travel professionally at all I had been a journalist I went to school for journalism studied that worked as a reporter for some newspapers and magazines then I had kind of made the transition to work in marketing, and I had been a copy editor at a marketing agency for about seven years. Mm -hmm. And I was still doing some freelance writing on the side, and I was getting to know people in the kind of miles and points and travel industry. And um, it just led to opportunities for professional writing work because of my writing background and my knowledge about points and travel. So it all just kind of came Merge. to a head. Yeah. And I think that's the coolest thing that, that that those two areas were able to like merge journalism and then your just love like I said for travel was able to merge so so I guess I don't know as simply as possible explain how does this work so just as an example I'm planning a trip somewhere in the Carib in the Caribbean and I want to use my car to get there for as close to free as possible like how does that work how do we how do we do that well, the best way to get miles and points is signing up for new credit cards. You're going to get a big sign-up bonus. Let's say, for example, um, one of the major banks, Chase Bank, has a lot of travel credit cards that give you points once you spend their required amount in a certain amount of time. So currently, like one of my uh, very first cards that I got was the Chase Sapphire Preferred, and I think it's currently giving 80,000 points when you spend $4,000 in three months. Those 80,000 points, you can either transfer them to airlines or hotels, or Chase also has a portal where you can use those points to book directly through the portal. Um, so that's like two different ways that you can get the miles and then redeem them for travel. Okay. And so when you say when like you could transfer them to the airlines, I know a lot of times like the airlines will have their own card, like... Um... American Airlines, they always go down the aisle when you're about to get off the plane with their uh, with their card. But do you lose like any value if you, for example, with your Chase, um, just, you know, transfer it that way? Does it kind of like lose some value or anything? 
And no, you can actually, you can do both. You can get that chase card. I mean, the more cards you get, the more points you're going to get. So I, as I'm someone who's been doing this a while, so I have many credit cards and we can kind of talk about what that does to your credit score <laughs> and you know, what kind of credit do you need to have? Because that's important and you need to pay your bill. Yeah. Um, but uh, if you decide maybe you don't want that chase card for whatever reason, you're loyal to American Airlines, you want to fly them. They do have credit cards through um, City and Barclays. You can get uh, a, a new credit card through them that offers 50 or 60,000 miles. And those miles are going to be enough for a round trip flight to the Caribbean or to Europe or an economy. It would be enough for that. Got you. And so to that point, like how many points is a typical flight or, or hotel? So like using our example to the Caribbean, like how many points is a round trip? airfare that's going to vary depending on the program that you're using um, different airlines have different mileage systems and um, let's say let's stick with that american example they have they most airlines have a chart some do some don't but american for example has a chart and you can look up and let's say you want to fly from the united states to the caribbean and you want to fly during what they consider peak travel time. Mm -hmm. That might be 25,000 miles for a round trip. So if you sign up for a credit card that's giving you 50,000 miles, um, that's going to be enough for two people to go round trip to the Caribbean. Mm. Okay. But like I said, it depends on what program you're using. Like if you want to fly United to the Caribbean, they have their own system. And then they can also, some of the airlines vary the amount of points by whether um, it's a peak travel date or not. So if it's like peak holiday Christmas season and you're trying to go mm -hmm. somewhere, it might cost more points than if you're going in like October. Got you. Um, okay. So you were saying that there's, you know, certain blackout dates. And of course, you know, we know with any travel, there's going to be around holidays or major travel days, it's going to be more expensive. So with that in mind, like do points expire or, you know, is it, is that kind of like a thing to watch out for? Definitely it is. And, the kind of rules around that vary depending on what programs you're using. There are some programs where the miles or the points don't expire as long as you continue to have activity on your account, whether that's flying with that airline, staying at that hotel every so often, or spending on their credit cards. Um, so I, it's hard to give specifics about this airline does this, this one does that, like off the top of my head, but they tend to have rules about expiration dates and how long um, your points or miles are good for. And for that, there's a way to go into the actual card, right? And see what those terms are to check on those or do they just yeah, send you notices? Yeah, generally check your loyalty account. So if you are wondering about when your American miles expire, you can log into your account and it'll, I think they put a pause on the expiration date due to COVID. COVID. A lot of okay. um, programs were doing that but then some have like restarted their expiry again. So that's something to definitely pay attention to. But one thing I recommend if you're doing this, it's best to just not let your points and miles sit around anyway and collect dust, so to speak. You should be like actively uh, redeeming so that one, your points don't expire and two, that the amount of points you need doesn't go up while you're waiting to use them. So. Yeah. 
and one thing Sunitra said when she was just explaining the process that mm-hmm. I want like our listeners or watchers to understand, like usually with any car, you know, they say the caveat is you have to spend this money within a certain amount of time right. to get the points. And so, um, you know, I think some people, a lot of them are, you know, $4,000, $5,000 in three months, which depending on your bills, you know, you may be able to do that if you are responsible and say, okay, well, I'm going to put some mortgage companies allow you to pay your mortgage on a card some don't so if you put your housing on the card Mm -hmm. or if you put your gas you know just basically put everything on the card and then pay it off that's the way to maybe reach it but keep in mind like you you have to pay them back so and (laughs) and to that point um how would how do you do it because i don't want Definitely, with you know, of course, with what we teach, we don't want people to be out there irresponsibly just spending three to four thousand dollars to try to get eighty thousand points, right? Mm-hmm. So, typically, how would you do that? Do you spend that that requirement on additional travel, or how do you do it? No, I do just like Lee said with charging all my expenses every month. So, I basically use my credit cards like a debit card. I don't use a debit card at all. Mm. Instead of my debit card and the money coming directly out of my checking account, I pay everything with the credit card. And then when the credit card bill comes every month, I pay it off from my checking account. So it's just I like that. basically like using a debit card, but slightly different. Yeah. So I'm not out there spending the money that's in my checking account through the month. I make sure that money stays there so I can pay my bill off in full every month. Because if you're paying interest, it's not gonna be uh, worth it. The interest that you pay, um, is not worth the miles that you would get in return. You'd be paying a lot for that. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. so what are some of the best cards to use? Because you mentioned um, that, you know, you probably have several at this point. What are some yeah. of the best ones that, from your experience to use or in terms of maybe their interest rates or fees or just the, you know, the, the perks of them? Well, one thing I don't even pay attention to what the interest rates are on my credit cards because like I said, I don't want to pay interest. I don't want to pay uh, that money to the bank and it's not worth it. The, typically the travel rewards cards are going to have a higher uh, interest rate than a than just a no annual fee, kind of no perks card because you're paying for those perks. Right. And um, they would like for, sure the banks would like for you to pay interest or pay late fees and that kind of thing. But if you're very responsible and can keep up with your spending, not overspend to the point where you don't have enough to pay your bill at the end of the month, um, it's, it's a great idea to use those credit cards. So ones that I recommend specifically, uh, the Chase Sapphire Preferred, like I said, that's a great card just for beginners who are starting out with um, miles of points if they have a trip in mind. Um, The great thing about that, like I mentioned, is that you can transfer your points that you receive from that card to different airlines and hotels. So you can transfer to United, to Southwest, um, and for hotels you could transfer to, sorry, Hyatt is my personal favorite, but you can also transfer to Marriott or to IHG hotels. And if you have um, accounts with those programs, then you can redeem your points for hotel stays. Um, another one of my, let me see, favorite cards uh, is the Capital One, actually, the Venture X. It's a, a newer card that came out late last year. It does have a higher annual fee, but you get a lot of perks. So if you're interested in some of those travel perks, being comfortable while you're traveling, like going into the lounge in the airport and getting free food and drinks and that kind of thing, um, it's a great card for that. 
It also gives you car rental elite status. So with Hertz, so if you rent a car with Hertz and you have the Venture X card, um, they give you President Circle status, which means it's the highest tier of loyalty with Hertz, and you get to kind of basically pick the car you want off the lot. Um, it gets you front front of the line. It gets you upgrades. It, it's just a good uh, benefit to have. So. Um, those are probably my top two cards at the moment would be the Capital One Venture X and the Chase Sapphire Preferred. Now, you said that the Hyatt is your favorite hotel. Is that because they are really good with points or? Yes, that's definitely a big reason why they they have um, they break their hotel program, loyalty program up into categories. So the lowest category of hotels cost 5000 points per night. But these are actually like pretty nice hotels. They're they're. Um, and it goes all the way up to, I believe, 40,000 points per night. And those are going to be your super luxurious kind of park Hyatts. And the 5,000 point ones are going to be kind of the Hyatt house or Hyatt place, if you're familiar with those, which um, they're not luxurious, but they're nice and they're comfortable. And so for a lot of people, 5,000 points per night is pretty inexpensive, especially when you compare that to, let's say, Marriott, for example, their lowest category. I'm don't even know off the top of my head, but you're not going to get a, a nice hotel for 5,000 points per night with Marriott. You're going to need 25 or 30,000 points per night um, for, like a, a, for a courtyard or something like that kind of hotel. And so, so you mentioned those two, and I know like hotels, of course, have their, everybody has a card now. Um, so... Mm -hmm. Do they work the same, like is, with a hotel card, are your points limited to that hotel or can you use points for other things? Is it a little diverse or are you kind of limited? It's it generally the, the points you get from a hotel credit card are just good for that hotel. Um, Marriott has a credit card and the loyalty program called Bonvoy and Bonvoy points. They have something where you can transfer your Bonvoy hotel points to airlines and get airline miles. But the, the ratio is not particularly great. Like, like let's say you have 60,000 um, Bonvoy points, you might only get 20,000 or 25,000 airline miles. So mm -hmm. it doesn't transfer one to one. Yeah. So it's best not to transfer it unless you just need a, a few more points to kind of make a redemption or something like that. So I don't recommend doing that. And then um, some may let you cash out your points and that's also generally not great either um, to cash them out because you might only get one cent per point. So if you have 80,000 points, it's $800, which does sound like a lot of money, but when you think about it, you can turn those 80,000 points into like a business class airfare that goes for $5,000 if mm. you want it you know how to kind of maximize the programs. Got you, got you. Okay, so it, it kind of sounds like the hotel cards are more so good if you just really have that hotel that you like and that's where you stay every time you go somewhere. Exactly, if, as far as the hotel programs, I think you get the best benefit from using, if you're new and you're not wanting to open up a lot of credit cards in the beginning, to start with the airlines because that's where you're gonna get the most bang for your buck as far as airlines. You know, international flights are very expensive compared to how much you can get a hotel for, especially um, if you, a lot of people also prefer to use Airbnb if they have a family or uh, that can be less expensive. 
than a hotel or they're just not loyal to one program. They just stay with the cheapest. So um, like I said, you get the better bang for your buck with airlines, but I do both, but that's because I consider myself more advanced in using miles and points. And if you're a beginner, it's best to just start out kind of learning one thing. And then once you've mastered that, move on to the next mm -hmm. thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so you mentioned um, opening up a, a lot of current credit cards, right? <laughs> so we talked about it as far as like, you know, consumer debt. And I think the huge thing about what you're saying is be responsible, right? If you're not, a, if you know, you're not a person that's going to, like you said, take your checking account and it's $2,000 in that checking account and you're not going to empty it out and put it on that $2,000 credit card. This is, let's not, not do this. Like, let's not do this. Right? Mm -hmm. um, right. How can it affect your credit history and your, and your credit score? Like, like just in general, how does that affect your credit? Opening up lots of credit cards. In general, it has improved my credit score because one, it shows you're responsible with credit. If you're paying on time and in full every month, that's going to help your score. Um, adding new credit to your uh, credit history helps. So you should always keep your longest, your oldest card, um, if, if at all possible, because that's going to help boost your score. And then every time you add new cards, um, your score might take make a temporary drop when you apply for new credit um, because it, it's a credit inquiry on your account and that typically is a negative thing. But your score will bounce back in a couple of months once the um, banks and the credit bureau see that you're using your cards responsibly and paying it off. Mm -hmm. So with you having like, you know, being more advanced and maybe, I don't know, maybe swapping them out or saying like, you know what, let me go ahead and get a, a quick boost. Do you right. close any of the newer ones or do you just kind of let them, because sometimes it takes a long time, but sometimes if you don't use a card, it'll just like close because it's not active. Correct. And I do close accounts occasionally. Um, sometimes there's a card you might get because it has a great bonus, but it has an annual fee. A lot of these travel credit cards, they want to charge you $95, $50, $200. Some even go all the way up to $500, $700 a year if they have a lot of perks and benefits. So you might want to get that card because it's offering you 100,000 points to sign up. You pay that $500 annual fee for one year. You use the miles or the points you got. You use all the perks that came with the card. And then the next year you decide um, you can you decide you're not sure if you want to keep it. Well, one strategy is to call the bank once your annual fee comes due and you tell them, you know, I've had this card for a year. I like it, but the annual fee is pretty high. So I'm not sure if I want to keep it. And then I have these other cards that I'm also using. Sometimes the bank will say to you, we'll give you a statement credit for that fee and it'll cover your fee for the year. Or if you spend a thousand dollars, we'll give you bonus points if you decide to keep the card open another year. So a lot of, that, a lot of times I do that and then the banks, um, I'll keep the card open for a year. If they say, no, we can't offer you anything for your fee, um, then I say, okay, and I just close the card. Yeah. So that's kind of how I make that determination. Okay. I like that. <laughs> and it's newer, so it's probably not dinging. Yeah, it's probably not dinging yeah. you as much as like, okay, she had this card a year and she closed mm -hmm. it. Like, not mm -hmm. a big deal. Right. Yeah. It's gonna hurt you if you close your card that you've had for ten years. Right. That's right. gonna hurt. Right. Yeah. Okay. But if you've only had it a year, um, you just have to be careful. Some banks will 
they call it claw back the miles or the points you receive. So they'll like take them back. And if you've used them, I don't know what happens, but they, you might just be in the negative with that, you know, company. And then if you try to sign up for another card in the future, you won't be able to because you'll owe them points. Um, so you want to be careful about not closing your card before the one year time frame is up. Yeah. And you um, mentioned it earlier and I wanted to get in because I, I, I can say I've hoarded some points, right? So you suggest using your points once you've had them. Like I, you um, definitely got the Chase Preferred recently and got mm-hmm. at that time it was like a 65,000, you know, bonus points. So have that and have spent some money on it. So I probably have like 80,000 points right now, but I just don't know what to do with them. Shake your head. I'm laughing because it's like <laughs> the savers save in every category. It's like, use the point. <laughs> what do you, like, use them. I haven't been going anywhere. When it comes to like finances, but when it comes to points, I don't hoard them at all. Okay. I don't save them, so. So spend, spend So them. spend it. Yes. Spend the points. It's not, right. it's not, it's not like you're spending your money because they're already there. It's like, it's like a gift card. Spend okay. it. Okay. <laughs> Right, because a lot of times (laughs) what happens if you hold on to them, these programs, they'll have what they call devaluations. They'll change the amount of points it takes for a redemption. So Hyatt and Marriott just recently did that within the past like six months. They changed the categories of or how they price their hotels. So a hotel that used to be um, 10,000 points is now 15,000 points a night. So it takes more. And you're not getting more. You're getting the same hotel room that you would have gotten for 10, but now it's 15. Okay. Girl, we could use them points for Aruba. Anyway. And we got an Airbnb. It's it's a separate bone to pick. I'll take it off. (laughs) We got an Airbnb. I mean, I'm just saying, though. Don't do this. Okay. We had, first of all, we had an airplane created. And we use the Airbnb. And you had 80,000 points. You could have sold, you could have been like, this is how much it is. It's leave me a little cash app request or something. We could go travel somewhere else and I'll use my 80,000 points. If they not do Yeah, that's either. enough for like three nights at the Hyatt Regency Aruba, mm-hmm. I think. Look, yeah. Really? Really, Sinitra? And she, she knew just, where, too. Look at it. She is very, she is very aware. It sounds, it sounds lofty. So is there a limit like with the points like even thinking about that saying well maybe i'll plan a trip in september you know around homecoming is there a limit with the time as far as if you could book a hotel that far out or airplane flight that far out then you could use points that far out yeah that's basically how it works the the airlines and hotels they'll open up their schedules they all kind of do the different dates like with american airlines i believe you can book up to 330 days in advance um and with like Hyatt, for example, I know you can book well into next year. Um, I don't know if it's like a year in advance or what the exact timing is, but you can definitely, like now you should probably be planning, if you wanted to use points for like a Christmas holiday vacation, you should be trying to uh, figure out where you want to go, what miles you need to get there, and what hotel points you might need to get there, and um, figuring out how to get those points if you don't already have them. If you already have them, you should be looking up flights and hotels in those destinations and finding award space, basically. Okay. Cool. Now, I, um, and y'all may have talked about this a little bit. Um, the, mal- the mal cards, I don't really understand those. 
Which one? The mile like, cards. I guess like, like they're more so like the flight cars. Oh, like a the airline. Yeah, that they don't okay. give you points. They give you miles, I guess. Miles. I, a lot of times I use points and miles sort of interchangeably. But, you know, if it's an airline, you typically get miles. If it's a hotel, they typically give you points. And then with the banks, they also give you points. So Chase has points. Um, City has points. American Express has points. And with those, they have transferable partners that you can transfer your points to become miles. Okay. So the, the wording, the verbiage can be a little confusing, but it's all the same points and miles, really. Um, but with the flights, like all the airlines, they call them co-branded cards. So whatever airline you're loyal to, um, you definitely can get a credit card with that airline. If you fly Delta a lot, it can be advantageous to get their card if you want free check bags. Um, I think spending on those cards can help you get elite status to become their like medallion or whatever their mm -hmm. program name calls it, um, that kind of thing. So. Mm -hmm. And so the, the cards do have, like you were saying, they have partners, I guess they have partners. How do you, <coughs> excuse me, how do you find out who those partners are on the card? Like, cause I know sometimes that's not like advertised, like when you got Chase, once you sign up for Chase, then you know you get the the disclosure agreements mm -hmm. and all of that stuff. So buried in there, it might say <laughs> you can only use these hotels. Like, is there any way to kind of research that before you get a car? Well, that's one thing a lot of the travel blogs and are great for. The points guide does that research for you. And so you can look up what are the best miles to get to Hawaii. And the points guy has probably written about that many times um, to tell you what uh, flights were like what they call the sweet spots. So in some programs, it might take a lot of miles to get to Hawaii, but then there are sweet spots where it's a program, it might be fewer miles. So you can look at the card for that airline and it explains alliances so that if you have um, the Delta card, Delta is part of Sky Team. So you can use your Delta miles to fly on um, Air France or KLM or different airlines like that. So overwhelming. It is. It can be. <laughs> That's why she said, do the airlines right, right, first right. and then figure out where you're going to stay. Yeah. And I so think it also helps if you have a destination in mind, at least when you're first beginning. So you can kind of target what exactly do you need to get to that mm. destination rather than just signing up for the card and getting the points and then not knowing what to do with them. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And so that was also a good segue. So I know you mentioned that you worked for the points guy. So before you got to the points guy, though, you had your own business, um, um, social media kind of doing this. Talk about mm -hmm. that a little bit. Yeah, it was something I just had been kind of doing on the side for a while, freelance writing. And um, with my Instagram, I was talking a lot about points and miles and helping people learn how to use them for redemptions and for um, what are the best credit cards to sign up for. So I just get a lot of joy out of helping people discover travel and points and miles. So, yeah. And we know that you're not still active on that because now that you're at the points, guy, we definitely will link that um, below because that's actually how we found you. Um, so we definitely want to link that below because there are some older, you know, the older videos on there can help you. And there are, like I said, there are videos on there. Um, you can get gather some information about that. So uh, with the points guy, you you said you you write blogs on there as well. Yes, I'm a credit cards editor, so I write and um, kind of manage the content okay. that we talk about for credit cards. 
Um, so that's thinking of different story ideas, following the, the latest news of what the newest credit card to come out is, and if it's a, a good deal, if you should recommend whether or not people should sign up for it, talk about different perks and benefits. Uh, one thing I thought just thought about that I didn't even mention, a lot of these cards have, I mentioned check bags, but then some have like global entry and TSA oh. pre-check, which can help you like skip the line, the security line, <laughs> either when you're uh, departing or with global entry when you're returning from an international trip. And these are, um, they give you like statement credits that cover your costs for that. Mm. Um, and that's a great benefit to have if you're traveling like a lot. It is because yeah. it costs a lot of dollars to do it. Yeah, it's like right around yeah, hundred or mm-hmm. somewhere between that and one thirty. Because I actually found out about Global after I had already done TSA, so mm-hmm. I paid extra because I did them separate. But right. yeah, you can combine it. Like if you get Global, it includes TSA, mm-hmm. and it lasts like five years. So yeah, like when it's time to renew, like definitely save that money and look at a card. <laughs> right. So that can, if you look at it, like let's say your card. Um, some of the more expensive cards, there's the Chase Sapphire Reserve, which is considered premium. It's $550 a year, but you get that global entry credit um, or TSA pre-check if you'd rather just have that. So you can look at that as kind of your fee going to part of that. And um, it also gives you like a travel credit that you can use any type of way you want. I think it gives you $300 um, in any travel purchases you make. Um, you'll get a statement credit toward that up to $300. So that also, and that's every year you would get that. Oh, wow. Okay. And so that's in addition to the points. Mm-hmm. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's in addition to the points you get just for signing up. So some of the banks, they try to add these perks to make it worth keeping the card um, after that first year is up. But um, like I said, it just depends on your preferences and whether or not the banks give you a retention offer to keep the card helps a lot too. Got you. Okay. And so I know that, uh, like I said, when you have those sign-up bonuses, you get those large deposits. And we kind of talked about, you know, using your bills, your daily bills. And as mm-hmm. you said, you don't even use a debit card anymore as a way to do those charges. But once, you know, you've used those bonus points or the bonus points have hit, how long does it realistically take to maybe get another 20 or 30,000 points with just regular everyday spending? Um, that can be tough. It depends on what card you're using. And some cards offer points for spending in bonus categories. So I have an American Express gold card. It gives me four points per dollar at the grocery store, which is one of my biggest monthly expenses besides like mortgage and taxes or anything like that. Um, so I try to maximize my points by, or my spending by getting the most points per dollar that I can. So you might find that some points, some cards give you additional points for at the gas station. Some give you additional points for restaurants. Um, that's how kind of how you can best build up. And then there's some, the capital one venture card that I mentioned just gives you a flat two points per dollar on every purchase. So if you're trying to get 20,000 miles, sorry, they give you miles. If you're trying to get 20,000 miles, um, you would have to spend $10,000 on your Capital One card, and it could be on any purchase, any, you know, over however many months it takes you to spend that. So depending on your monthly expenses, that could be a year. Right. And one thing I do, um, 
I like to sign up for new credit cards when I know I have uh, large kind of purchases coming up. So I, I pay my car insurance every six months. I pay it in full. If you pay your car insurance annually or six months and it's like a large bill, that's a good time to sign up for a new card. Um, if you're doing some home remodeling, something like that, where you're going to be going to Home Depot or Lowe's or something like that and spending a lot of money, that can be a good time to sign up for a new card because you know you'll easily hit that $4,000 that you need. In three months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Usually everyone I've seen is like a three-month window. It's mm -hmm. not like it's not Sometimes long. it's six months, but it's it can be anywhere from three to six months. Yeah. yeah. And I thought that was because that's how I did that's how I got the points on my other one doing an office remodel. So yeah, those points add, I mean, those, those dollars add up really, really quickly. Yeah. If your if your monthly expenses just aren't that high, then it can be good to kind of wait until you know that you're going to be doing some spending. Maybe you're going to be, um, maybe you're planning a wedding and you have a lot of expenses for that. That can be a good time to sign up for a new credit card. Um, for that kind of thing. So did you have? I do not. I am very interested in this, the points, guys. So mm -hmm. definitely let the people know. Let me know. Where can they find you? Um, yeah, you can definitely look out for my articles and the articles from my teammates on the points guy. We try to follow the latest uh, happenings in the points and miles and travel world. And like I said, there's lots of kind of tips and tricks to help you maximize um, your spending and your travel and give you destination ideas. And then for me personally, to follow me on Instagram, uh, points travel her. I post a lot about my own personal travels and how I use miles and points to um, travel and where I'm going. And I, I do a lot of solo travel. So um, if you're interested in solo female travel or black travelers or that kind of thing, I highlight issues that I face when I'm like out on my vacations and trips and things like that. You almost started a whole nother episode. I mean, <laughs> you know what? We might have you back for that because it is a good topic. Yeah. I I have not done it. I think I I would try it. I think I would have to start domestic. I just or yeah. somewhere like Caribbean, like where you still feel a little. I don't know. Where was your first solo trip? <laughs> um, my first solo trip. That's a good question because I have been traveling to visit family and things. Right. But my first real trip where I wasn't going, where I was going somewhere where I didn't know anyone, um, it probably was that that miles of points trip to uh, London and Madrid that I yeah, got from my Yeah, and London was good a good place to go because, you know, they speak English there. You don't have to worry about the language barrier and knowing how to read signs and order mm -hmm. off the menu. So going to places that speak, if you're going to be interested in international travel, going to places that speak English as their primary language or that see a lot of American tourists is mm -hmm. helpful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Nitra, for coming on and, and giving us this wealth of information. We definitely will continue to do some digging. I'll use my points yeah. um, yes. at, the urging, at the urging of the professional. I'll be using, <laughs> using my points and I just want, I usually, you know, sometimes say I don't have quick tips, but my tip today again would be if to do this, to do it and make it maximized. You have to be responsible with credit cards, right? It doesn't make sense to do this. And then your credit score is going down. You're in a lot, you know, again, in a lot of credit debt and you're looking at divas and duckets like y'all told me that uh -uh. No, we did not. not. 
not. <laughs> you know, and then like she she mentioned, most of these credit cards they are in the 24, 23% interest rate. So again, as she said, just to reiterate, if you are not paying those credit cards off, um, at least I would say within two months, mm-hmm. um, if you can't pay it in full, it, it it doesn't make any sense because you're paying 24% interest right now on two or $3,000 and you're hurting yourself. So um, just to make sure if you're going to get into this game, because it is, you know, a game, you got to pl- play, you know, dodge, and, and play. Learn, yeah. learn the moves. Um, just make sure that you're going to the points guy or some other um, website or information to be able to figure out how to maximize those credit cards and just be responsible so we appreciate you guys for tuning in and where can they find us oh you can find us at www.divasandduckets.com um our email for questions comments concerns shenanigans is diva advice at gmail.com that's d-i-v-a-a-d-v-i-c-e at gmail.com um and we're on facebook and instagram under the same name that's right so in the meantime in between time have a great attitude fam bye